This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. This episode of Bushers Breakaway is brought to you by the Rangers Forum. What is that? I will tell you. It is on August 25th is featuring yours truly, Blue Shirts Breakaway, along with the Garden Faithful Podcast and Bantering the Blue Shirts. It is a live debate in New York City. Uh, we will be over there. Ethan from Gotham Sports will be narrating it. More details to come. But it's going to be a really fun event. Super excited. And, and uh, I can't believe we got it all together. So if you want to hear more about that, after the interviews today, me and Greg talk about what to expect from the forum. On today's episode, we have Arvin from Pension Plan Puppets, and then we have James Duffy from PTL to talk all things to virus. Thanks again to our Patreon supporters that keep us going. We have an investors meeting on Thursday on our Discord, which is going to be like, hey, what do you guys want to see from us? Like, what can we do better? Is there something we should be doing that you'd like us to do? Should we be doing X, X, and X? X, X, and X sounds like porn, but it's not. Or maybe, if you want us to see us do that, I mean, you, we'll see, you're a supporter. I don't know. What am I say? Plays the flute. All right, guys, uh, we're going to do the episode now. Let's go. Bushwick Breakaway fans, welcome to another week of the Bushwick Breakaway. I talk too fast, and my name is Ryan Mead, and I'm here with my co-host, Greg Kaplan. Greg, say hello. Oh, 72 degrees and air conditioning, You're a baby. piece of shit. Okay, so for everyone <laughs> listening, <laughs> um, for your listening pleasure, I need to have my windows closed and my AC not on, and if I, I can have a fan on, obviously. So it is no joke, like 102 degrees in my room. Clothing is limited in the Ryan Mead household right now, and I am a puddle of sweat. So this whole podcast is a sacrifice for you. Here we are. I'm, I'm fine, by the way. You're fine? That's good. Yeah. How are your feet well, for standing? Not great. Today was Cavs Day, so... Uh... Oh, no one cares. All right, so John Tavares, <laughs> Tavares sorry, is a Toronto Maple Leaf Gregory. Now, boom! boom! Never have to see that guy again, except for when he comes kick our ass on the Leafs team. Yeah, yeah it's fine. we're so, gonna be bad though. So, so yeah, we're gonna be terrible. So saw so Austin Matthews last year, pretty good in person. Gonna be better next to John Tavares. Well, well, he won't play on the same line. No, you know play, that, right? I right. He'll play in the second because they're both centers. That's an interesting question. Who plays top top line minutes? Oh, Tavares will be year? playing top line minutes. 
You think? Yes. I don't know. I think it's still Austin Matthews. No, it's your seniority, everything. I mean, they're going to probably play who plays best with each other. And it's it's not actually going to be a real fir- first line. Yeah. Also, what, what, a, what a fucking problem to have. Oh, who's yeah. going to play first who's line center for the Maple Leafs? They're both playing like 25 minutes each. It doesn't fucking yeah. matter. Yeah, they're pretty good. Um, they're pretty good. Uh, it sucks for the Islanders. Gotta say, that's a real gut punch. Really fun for me, though. Like, a it's, great time on Twitter. The trade is one for one. John Tavares for Leo Komarov. Boy. Well, wow. I, I, I thought I made a logical, coherent argument for signing Komarov to a two-year deal for the Rangers just for him to play fourth-line minutes and to be a leader in the locker room. And I, I thought that would be fine. And then I see what the Islanders do to him, and I, I, I don't know what they're doing. Oh, I yeah. Have no idea. Well, you know, one or two years is fine. Four years is like, uh, what? No, right. no, we're, even, no, we're trying to win a cup in four years. Even, well, if you're trying to tank, you shouldn't be giving anyone four years. Like, anybody at all. Even if they can help you tank. That, that's not the point of a tank. The tank is for it to be over before the four-year mark. But you have Leo Komarov... T- for until like 2022. Hey, you know who else is until 2022? Mark Stahl. Yep, yep. It is Mark Stahl. Well, he'll be a Ranger for one more year. Okay. Um, in other news, we got a lot to – dude, we have so much to talk about. We it's, have it's a lot to get into. An absolutely ridiculous amount of stuff for July 2nd, 7.33 on a Monday night. July um, 2nd where the Rangers signed one unrestricted free agent. Absolutely no, no – like movement whatsoever on the free agency market or even the trade market. There's so much we thought was going to happen in the trade market. We've done nothing. We are, we're ready and waiting is basically what I, uh, I, I had the a, motto is. I had a few people te- right text, text me personally and say, Hey, I know you know stuff about the Rangers. I don't, by the way. Um, what are they doing? What's the plan right now? And I was like, we, we're doing nothing. Our plan is to sign no one and going with our prospects. That's that's what it seems like our plan is. But we did sign Vladimir uh, Nemestikov to a uh, two-year deal for four million each year, which mm-hmm. at the time of the signing, you know, I, I don't love it, but I don't hate it either. It's a nice bridge deal where you, it's kind of a prove me contract. See what we have yeah, there. It's also technically not a bridge deal because at the end of the contract, he's an unrestricted free agent. That's true. It's a it's a semi bridge deal. It's a mini it's, bridge. It. I I kind of the more I think about the contract, the more I like it. Um, it means a couple things in my mind. It means one, Ryan Spooner will not be a New York Ranger on opening night. It's just a matter of trying to find the right dance partner to send him to and to recoup some assets. You think that's like uh, a guarantee at this point? Yeah, I really do. You're, you're running out of you. You run out of room quickly in the top nine for playing time for everybody, um, and that gets us to our next guy, which is Kevin Hayes. And I think the Nemesnikov signing does impact Kevin Hayes. Nemesnikov can play the wing, but he can also slot in center. In my mind, there is zero chance that one of Philip Heedle or Leas Anderson is playing fourth-line minutes. And I think there's a significantly high chance that both players are at least going to start the season in New York. So if both players are starting the season in New York on opening night, that means they're playing second and third-line minutes. Yeah, I think they're going to play second and third line. Right, which means you're also not putting Kevin Hayes on the fourth line and you're not putting Mika Zibanejad on the fourth line. So only one of Zibanejad and Hayes can play top line center. We have every reason to believe it's going to be Zibanejad because that's where he's been for the Rangers since he's gotten here, which means you're also putting Kevin Hayes on a wing. Now in theory, that's fine because you, you have a player who has shown offensive upside the last year, arguably the best Ranger 
from start to finish last season for this team, and he got better as the year went along. Having him on the wing is not the end of the world. I just think it's a wrong allocation of an asset. I, I, I don't understand why you would take someone like Kevin Hayes and move him away from center where he's proven to be a solid two-way player with top six potential scoring. But at the same time, I'm not moving Hedo and Leas immediately off center because I need to see if they can do it. So could I see Hayes playing second-line minutes next to Hedl and Zuccarello? Sure can. I just I, I, I don't know if it makes a ton of sense for the Rangers when you have that big of an asset and you're going to shuffle him kind of to the side, especially if you're going to give him anywhere in the five and a half to six million annually range, which is what he could be getting in restricted free agency this year. I, I'm not saying I would trade Kevin Hayes. I'm saying Vladimir Vladislav Nemestikov is giving you a lot of options regarding Kevin Hayes right now. A lot of options. It's, yeah, there, there is. This is a wait and see part for us with Kevin Hayes. I mean, by the time this podcast comes out, something will happen because that's just the way this works. That is uh, the way the world works. Absolutely. But w- with Kevin Hayes in general, I'm really curious to see how they either A, structure his contract or what they're going to, th- what their plan for him is. Because to me, Kevin Hayes' value is at center. Like, I know he could play wing, but the best part about Kevin Hayes is that he could play a two way center that's sort of a defensive shutdown center. And that's what I want out of him. So if he's not playing in that center position, I think you kind of lose value in Kevin Hayes for him being on a wing. Am I wrong in saying that? No, I 100% agree. And. Again, by locking up Nemesnikov for two years, it doesn't mean that the Rangers won't trade him. It does mean that they're not going to trade him before opening night. So you can put Nemesnikov on a wing in your top nine. It creates an upside scoring veteran winger to play with Leas Anderson on the third line, for example. And you can put VC if he's here on the other side of that wing. It creates depth on the Rangers. And say, for example... The Rangers decide after a couple weeks that Anderson needs more time in Hartford or Heedle needs more time in Hartford. You could easily slot Nemestikov back to center. You're not losing anything there in your top nine. You're giving yourselves a lot of options. Of course, you can do the same with Hayes. Hayes serves as the same safety net that Nemestikov does. My only question is why have two of the same safety nets? And if you've already locked in Nemestikov, why not explore a trade for the guy that could potentially bring back a heap? We're looking at what Ryan O'Reilly got last night, a first, a second, a good prospect, and then the equivalent of um, cap fodder. Uh, Hayes could bring something similar. Maybe minus – I mean, the cap fodder is fine with the Rangers. They have so much with the yeah, next Yeah, whatever you want. I'm ready to roll. I'll take some yeah. money. Um, I mean, it, Larry Brooks has already said that the, the Jets aren't trading someone like Jacob Truba for Hayes, and I totally get that. But there are, there are other teams that have missed out on the – Tyler Bozak's, the Paul Stasny's, obviously the John Tavares's, um, the Riley Nash's. A lot of teams still need some center depth, and those teams have valuable assets to trade. So I would be in the business of maybe not shopping Kevin Hayes, but I would kindly remind the other GMs in the NHL that, hey, you offer us the right package, and uh, that's a guy we can talk about. Oh, yeah, absolutely. At this point in time, we could be like, all right, uh, again, I, I've said this every week on the podcast. I'm ready to give up anybody for the right value. I yeah. know that we're in a, a rebuild now, and it's not it's not a mini rebuild. It's not a flash rebuild. It's a full rebuild. We're not – we're looking to get assets, and we'll take on contracts too as long as you give us the value back. That's all I want. I yeah. want the picks, and I want the prospects. We're, we're restocking. Yeah. 
The, to me, Nemestikov means one clear thing, and that it's Spooner will not be a New York Ranger come opening night. Uh, I don't know where he's going to go. If the Jets weren't interested in Hayes, I'd think they'd be interested in Spooner at a lower price. They're a team that still needs to find a way to replace stats and these performance in their lineup. I'm not saying Ryan Spooner is that, but I'm saying he could kind of get you there. Um, it'd be interesting to see where Spooner ends up. Uh, Hayes, to me, though, is 100% the most intriguing guy the Rangers currently have now. Yeah, it's not even a question. Let's talk about the four defenseman spots, or the defensemen that are on the team, rather. Yeah, uh, well, we added one. We did, uh, and I don't have his name in front of me, and I don't know uh, why. Freddie, Freddie Klassen. Freddie Klassen, he is a frog, in case you're wondering. He posted an Instagram video that was very strange of him frog hopping into a uh, lake or river, was I believe. So that was very Ooh. interesting, in case you're wondering. Okay, um, interesting. A little bit of a weird it's, guy. Uh, Seems like a weird guy. Seems like a fit in. He's going to fit in just fine. Yeah, he's a he's a perfectly capable um, spare defenseman. You're you're happy if he's on your third pairing. You're fine if he's scratched healthy some nights. He's basically what the Rangers uh, wanted Steve Camper. never had with with Steve Camper. There you go. Uh, funny story. Steve Camper still here, by the way. Oh yeah, he, you thought he was gone. He's not. Nope, it's he a, is it not. Was a, it was a two year. It was a two year deal. He is still here. So, yeah, it's it's fine. I, I well, let's talk it's, about it's, Tony it's, D'Angelo though, because that's really the, the, the that's the person that is sort of the peak interest here. It's Tony D'Angelo, one of the two major pieces in the Derek Stepon uh trade from last year. Yep. And right now, so far, I mean it's you're you're thinking he's a lock to make the lineup because of the asset evaluation, but we've heard some otherwise that he's he might not yeah, be. Yeah, I I personally would think D'Angelo's a lock because again the whole point of a rebuild is to see what you have. And if the goal is not necessarily to win hockey games on every night, but the goal is to improve the players that are currently on the roster or just properly evaluate what they can do on a nightly basis, I, I don't know why D'Angelo wouldn't be a lock in the lineup. He, Shattenkirk, and Pionk, to me, are the clear three right-handed. Unless the Rangers make a trade, a significant trade, possibly involving Kevin Hayes, that would bring back a young top four right-handed defenseman. I don't understand why, not only why D'Angelo wouldn't be a lock, but why fans wouldn't want him to be a lock in the lineup. I understand completely that Tony D'Angelo does not seem like the kind of guy you or I would ever want to hang out with. He has said some deplorable things on the ice. He has not exactly been the world's greatest teammate. He's, from everything we've read, a complete and utter douchebag. Um, well, he can prove he can prove us wrong. Putting it people nice. change, but and Tony, come on and defend yourself. <laughs> right. If we're gonna if we're gonna flame him like this, he might as well. At the same time, he's twenty two. He's if he's going to have his best hockey, it is ahead of him. And he looked what decent for the Rangers when he got his shot at the end of last year. But then he got injured, just, and that was really you know when it all went downhill. Right. I just, I don't understand why a team that is hurting for right-handed defensemen in their system, you wouldn't want to give Tony D'Angelo as, as much of a look as you possibly could entering this season. I'm not saying he's going to be a, a top four guy. I'm not saying he's going to be a power play maestro. What I'm saying is we need to figure out what the hell he is. And I, we're not going to do that if he's back in Hartford. No, we're not. It doesn't and, make and, any and, sense to send him back. And maybe the Rangers make a decision because you know what? They they are sort of a high-character organization. If we've learned anything, it matters to them. It definitely matters to them. Sure. And if they feel Tony D'Angelo, even though he is a good prospect, and 
well, I don't know if he's a good prospect anymore, but he's still a prospect. And if they feel like he's not the correct character for this team, they're not going to have him. They're no, not going to. They'll him. trade him. They'll yeah, trade him. They'll ship him out. And they I, won't they won't care that they 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 busted on that trade because they got Leah Sanderson. But at the same time, this is the same nothing's changed in that front office from when they made the step on trade till today. I don't think the Rangers all of a sudden decided that high character players are what they wanted to prioritize. I think they had the same priorities when they made the trade. So it just doesn't make much sense if that's going to be the excuse for why D'Angelo is not going to be given a chance. Why'd you trade for him? You could have you could have gotten someone else in that deal along with the seventh pick. You didn't. No one put a gun to your head and said you also have to take Tony D'Angelo. No, there were other options that we were more enticed by at that point in time, but we ended up with Tony D'Angelo, and that's what we're stuck with now. Yeah, I, to me, Shattenkirk is your best right-handed defenseman. You can flip yeah, Keonk and D'Angelo anywhere on the second and third line right now just to figure it out. To me, the only left-handed defenseman that definitely deserves to be in the lineup every night is Brady Shea. I don't understand why people – I understand the people that say, well, Stahl's going to be in there anyway because they're paying him so much. That's fine. There's nothing that says the Rangers have to play him on a daily night. You just eat the money and let him sit in the press box. You, you, again, there's nothing forcing you to play Mark Stahl. And the same goes for Brandon Smith. There's clearly nothing forcing you to play Brandon Smith, and we already know that nobody in the league is interested in that contract taking it off your hands. What, so you, you don't want Brandon Smith for three more years at $4 million, $4.5 million? Apparently not. I, I, I get that those guys are likely going to be in the lineup. My point when I made that comment on Twitter is if the Rangers are truly rebuilding and the whole point of this season is to figure out what works and what doesn't work, there are no rules that say Mark Stahl and Brandon Smith have to play on a nightly basis. I totally agree, but I just hope, I hope the organization itself actually realizes that like i i know that they've sort of been in the past hey we're paying this guy we're gonna play him you gotta play at the, sa- at the same time there is some value to putting brandon smith back in the lineup because you want to try and recoup any of those lost assets that you gave up first in trade and then in the contract extension so if you want to put brandon smith in the lineup to start the season by all means there really isn't a reason for mark stall to be guaranteed a lineup spot with the new york rangers Unless David and if you Quinn think this is season, the last time we're talking about this with Mark Stahl, you're no, fucking crazy. You're nuts. Cause, cause Unless the there's only, a lot more only, coming. Only thing I can think of is David Quinn sees leadership quality in Mark Stahl that he wants on the ice on a nightly basis. Then fine, I guess. You can Again, make that case, but also it's 2018. It's 2018. Shattenkirk's there. You at some point have to give a leadership role or expect Shea to take a leadership role on this team. I... I don't know. I just, at the same time, right? We're not totally concerned about wins and losses with the New York Rangers next year. So it's not the end of the world if Mark Stahl sucks. It, it really isn't. It's, it's really fine. We'll, we'll eat that salary for one more year and we'll probably buy him out at the end of the season. I think we're going to, he's going to be here for two more years at this point. He could be. If, if the rebuild is truly two years, it only makes sense to buy Mark Stahl out as soon as you think you have a contender again. So if, if the Rangers don't think they're going to have a contender again next year, there's no reason to buy out Mark Stahl. If the Rangers think they're going to sign someone like Artemi Panarin, then yeah, I think there's a lot of reasons to buy out Mark Stahl next year. But we're not at that point yet. It, nope. it doesn't make any sense to talk about that hypothetical right now. What? Let's move on to our next topic then, which is sure, all the former Rangers are getting paid. Are you? Uh, McDonough, Tampa Bay, seven years, $6.75 million. Yeah, a little surprised that it happened this quickly. We we talked to uh, Matt Estevez not too long ago who said... Estevez? <laughs> you, you got, uh, no, I think you called him Estevez. Okay, cool. Uh, 
<laughs> we, we talked to him not too long ago and he said it's probably going to happen, but he didn't know exactly when it was going to happen. The timing made me think that the Lightning knew they weren't getting Tavares and they wanted to lock McDonough up right then, right now. Um, well, not only, say, not only did they lock McDonough up, they also locked up JT Miller. They did. Um, first about McDonough, the average annual value of that contract is much lower than I thought it was going to be. And that's because of state income tax, Gregory. Thank you, Correct. Disney, for Correct. letting Ryan McDonough sign for less than $8 million. At the same time, I have no interest in age 35, 36, and 37-year-old Ryan McDonough uh, on my hockey team. I might not have no interest uh, of for age 34 Ryan McDonough at this point. Anything after age 32, you can tell me is it's it's not going to look pretty. Yeah, and and now that Ryan's gone, I can say some stuff. You know, I can get oh. some stuff off my chest. Oh dear, I really never liked Ryan McDonough as captain. Okay, uh, that seems to be a 2020 hindsight opinion that's been floating around. Who would you have rather had as captain? Just I make mean, it Hank. Like at some point, just make it Hank. I yeah, get that. I, I know that goalies goalies are not allowed to be captains. It's Hank's the captain. Hank's, the, Hank's the captain. I just th- I I kind of want, and I know this is so like uh, stupid and dumb as a hockey fan. I kind of want my my captain to be sort of fiery and like to be a good leader. And maybe Ryan McDonough was a good leader behind uh, behind closed doors, but I just never heard that, saw it really in interviews. And I I want my guy to come out and, and give me something. But Ryan McDonough was always sort of you know. Eh, eh. I had I had no problem as Ryan McDonough's captain, mostly because if it's not going to be Hank. It's just a letter. That doesn't That's matter, right? It it to me, Zuccarello. If, if that was the case. Sure. But yeah, then again, I, I I Zuccarello lost the ability to speak. So that hurts. Maybe that uh, didn't help. Yeah, and I mean, it doesn't make any sense to put the C on Zuccarello now unless no, you're extending no, no. him, and it makes even less sense to extend Zuccarello right now. No, I mean, I mean in, in hindsight version. Not that anyway. Right, 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 right. But uh, back to Ryan McDonough's contract. It, it it does seem a little bit less than I really truly expected. I thought he would get eight million. Um, I it, I thought I thought he was going to get much closer to Dowdy. Well, the Dowdy contract a, is a lot. It's a lot. Well, I I didn't expect him to get Dowdy, but I expected him to get like you said over seven. I really thought anything under seven is surprising. But state income tax, man, that's a real thing. If is, the Rangers wanted to sign him to a similar deal, I think the number was seven point eight. Oh, they would yeah, have had to sign him to easily, and I think they would have done eight point five. It's just not worth it. No. It, as much as I like Ryan McDonough, as much as he gave this organization, he gave a ton to this organization. You just got to walk away from defenders over the age of 30. Well, now he'll play two. And, you know, it's not a bad career if you play in two places and that's it. It's, you, it's you, not. You played it's at Rangers really North and then you're playing at Rangers South. And the worst year of his career is going to be the half season he spent with the Rangers last year. Because that Lightning team is going to be good for as long as they keep Kucherov. Oh, that Lightning team is going to be really good for the next six years. And they know that because they're giving out contracts like candy to everybody. JT Miller got paid five years also. Yeah, and that's over $5 million annually. And look, that JT Miller contract is exactly why you and I sat here for weeks on end debating if the Rangers were trying to make a decision between Hayes and Miller. Because even with the amount of cap space the Rangers have, they don't want to sign two guys to that kind of contract. And Hayes is going to get more than that. I just – good for JT. I'm not angry at JT. I personally would rather have Nemestikov on two years and $4 million. Oh, me too. I think I, I, I think their games are a lot more similar than people give Nemestikov credit for. Um, I think it's it's an easy trope to say Nemestikov played with Stamkos and Kucherov, and that inflated his numbers. At the same time, you have to be good to get numbers with those guys. They're just not going to play a stiff out there with Kucherov and Stamkos and just hope something good happens. 
Miller's numbers improved with him as well, but that's because Miller is also a decent player. Oh, Miller and Domestikov, to me, are as close to one-to-one as you're going to get. Well, the Domestikov contract also just lines up with our timeline. We're trying to be good in three years from now. And it's and it pretty, it's Rangers, pretty obvious. Like we said, it gives the Rangers, they're not going to trade him before opening night, but they can easily trade him at this year's deadline. They could easily trade him next summer, or they could easily trade him at next year's deadline. And they'll have no, are, no problem doing that. There'll be plenty no, of suitors. There'll be plenty. Moving on. Dahan is declared. Do you have any interest? Uh, Dahan, I do, because again, we just went over. I, to me, the Rangers have three right-handed defensemen. They should be playing on a nightly basis to start the season to see what we got. At, on the left-hand side, they only have Shea. Dahan is underrated. I, I, I think he's he's got serious value. It depends on what the number is. It depends. Would, on would what, you do theoretically a three-year deal for Dahan? I think I would. Um, Three years in the two and a half range, I don't. I don't think I flinch much at that because he is a he is a solid. He's a solid second line pairing defenseman, and if he's your on your third line, he looks even better. So I, that's fine. At the same time, the Rangers can't be the only team that feels that way. Oh, absolutely not. And Nick Holden got three years. Remember that. John Moore got five. Yeah, how did John Moore get five? The, th- the John Moore contract to me is the one of the weirder ones because the annual salary makes perfect sense. It's under $3 million. That's good money for John Moore. But then you give him five years and you just shouldn't be giving a player like John Moore that long of a term. It just doesn't make any sense. It depreciating value at some point on that contract. Absolutely. I, it's going it, to, the thing is that contract is going to be perfectly fine the first two years. The Bruins, the first two years of that contract, they're going to have no complaints. It's Why just would they? three years after that. <laughs> that that's where things get a little tricky when you yeah. give a defenseman term. I mean, I, again, I don't want to take money out of anyone's mouth. That's good for John Moore. No, good for John Moore. For real. Um, uh, let's talk but, about uh, uh, Dahan. Oh yeah, go on. Dahan, I, I I gladly would if he wants to come here. Uh, I am not going to cry if he doesn't want to because again, I'm cool leaving defensive spots open for young players to try and earn their keep. Me too. And Duclair right now is sort of only looking at Montreal and I believe the Pittsburgh Penguins. And he'll when he goes to play with the Penguins, he will be absolutely phenomenal and I'll totally hate it. And as, as much as I want Duclair on the Rangers, I also only want Duclair on the Rangers if he's got a top nine role. And there are no a spots. lot of – there are just no spots right now. You, in order to give Duclair a top nine role, you're, you're definitely trading VC. Um, and you probably have – again, it goes back to Kevin Hayes. If the Rangers trade Kevin Hayes and bring in Anthony Duclair in a separate move – I think that's intriguing because you're giving a 22-year-old winger who's shown scoring potential a chance to blossom. Um, but as it stands right now, the Rangers' forward depth is crazy crowded in the top nine. They don't really have an opening, which is why Ryan Spooner needs to go. Um, I, I would love Duclair in a Ranger jersey. I just If I'm Duclair looking at that roster, I'm not too intrigued by my playing time of opportunities. No, and that's why it's going to go to Pittsburgh and try to win a cup. Um, or Montreal. Montreal's got a shit ton of winger spots they need to fill. Yeah, they do. They, they trade those guys. And centers, too. Let's talk about the next... We have so much to cover. Rick, r- r- the Rick Nash sort of retirement rumor slash confirmation? We've, I mean, we've talked about this in, on the Patreon bonus. Rick, I just want you to be able to yes, live, just a, be healthy, live a good life. And it seems family, like man. that's what he's choosing. Uh, apparently, there's been a few multi-year offers to the Rick Nash, and he's sort of been like, no, nah, I'm good. So yeah, that, that, I, for him, take care of your family. Uh, supposedly, I, I think 
By the way, speaking of Kevin Hayes, he was on another podcast this week, uh, Spinning Chicklets at Barstool. Mm. I, I got to listen to some of the highlights of it. Confirm that uh, Hank has the biggest dick of all time. And then also... That guy has everything. Yeah, what the fuck, Hank? <laughs> I just don't understand, dude. That, that guy, that the guy reason, has everything. The reason the Rangers haven't won a cup is because you have everything else. He's got everything. If you had a cup, you got the gold medal. If you had a cup, what would we say about you? Well, we couldn't even... No one could make it... I'm so frustrated. Um, and then the other thing they confirmed is Rick Nash is the nicest guy of all time. Nicest guy of all time. And I, every interview he's done, even when his name was being thrown out in trade rooms, everything he was saying was, I just want to help make the Rangers a better team. And to say shit God like that it, as your name is being top, tossed around on the chopping block, incredible. That, that guy doesn't owe anybody anything. And I want him to live a healthy life with his family. And I think the best way for him to do that, hang him up, man. You made mil- tens of millions of dollars. You're not going to have to work another day in your life. If he wanted to, he could probably get an analyst job wherever the hell he wants. Oh, he could be Dude, on TV you're tomorrow. You're good. You're good. You don't, you don't need to do that to yourself, man. If you, if you want to, God bless. It's not, I'm not here to judge you. It's your life. You know it. You know your health condition better than I ever will. But as a, uh, as a guy with a microphone in front of him, that apparently goes out to the ears of other people, I would retire. You, you, you done did good, Rick. I don't think you owe this league anything. Eric Carlson is reportedly looking for eight mil, uh, eight years, 11 million each year. He's going to get it too. He's definitely going to get it. Will it be from the Rangers? I do not believe so. They're, you're going to have to take on Bobby Ryan's contract first off. Which is fine by me. Fine by me, no problem. But they might want other assets. And that's when we're like, now nah, we're good. Especially yeah, because I, I know Carlson's good, guys. You don't have to tell me. I know. I watched. I watched the Ottawa series. I saw two games in person. That guy kicked our ass by himself on one foot. But that one foot is what worries me about eight years and $11 million each year. I'm yeah, not I ready really, to make that commitment. I really don't know what the trade looks like for Carlson either. I, even if you're taking back Bobby Ryan, man, it's hard to think of a trade that doesn't include Buchnevich. I just, yeah, well, he'd definitely be in there. He has to be. He has to be. He'd have to be. Uh, And and who else? We're not giving up Heedle or Anderson. Get the fuck out of here. Bucinevich, you have to give up a first-round pick, especially considering that clause that the Senators have for next year um, where they're going to have to give the Avalanche a first-round pick. Man, that's brutal. They should have just done it this year. They are not a smartly run organization, but whatever. I am not here for that. Um, Booch, a first round pick. If you're taking Bobby Ryan back, you're probably giving up a mid tier prospect as well, just because they want to get out of that contract so badly. So could you could you possibly do Carlson and Ryan for Buchnevich? Um, man, I don't even know what a mid tier prospect like a Tim Gettinger and a first. Like, is that? I don't. I don't know. I. I honestly. The Ryan contract confuses all of this so much. If the Senators were smart, just do a Ryan deal separate and trade Carlson for literally the house because they can. But they want to include Ryan in that deal. I don't know. I, I just think it. you're not helping yourself out there long term by trying and, to and, shoot and suppose, that Supposedly, deal. there might be a new owner there eventually uh, in the next couple of years. Speaking of new owners. Not soon enough. James Dolan. Is not selling either team. I believe he might be. Oh, he quickly came out and issued a statement saying they're not for sale. They're not going to be for sale. This is an erroneous report. Now, of course. Even, but today, 
today, the stock markets for MSG like pumped up like a lot. Uh, in in the rumors that he might sell the Rangers and the Knicks and keep MSG as a separate organization. At the same time, simply splitting those things as different assets for the potential to one day possibly sell either of those at some very distant time will also help boost sales in stock. It's it's all this businessman. We're here to make money. If splitting MSG from the Knicks and Rangers is going to help make James Dolan more money, he's going to make more money. He just doesn't also have to sell the Knicks and Rangers to do it. He could if he wants to. That We're talking multi-billion dollars. The Marlins went for like 1.2. Oh, the, the Knicks would go for $2.5 billion easy. Uh, I honestly think it's north of that. Oh, God. It, that, the deal would be insane. If, if James Dolan is bored and he just wants mul- multiple billions of dollars, sell him. That's fine. But at the same time, that's a nice card to always have in your pocket. And look, you can only own at most, there are only ever going to be 32 to 34 teams in the NHL. And it doesn't look like the NBA. Well, the NBA might expand to 32 soon. That's still only 32. There are hundreds of billionaires in this world that do not own sports teams that would love to. They're always going to want to own them. And there are new billionaires being born every day. They're not named you or me, but they're out there somewhere. Selling horses in Iceland, I'm sure. Are you, are you fucking serious right now? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, th- this has been the hottest podcast of my life. Uh, we're going to move on to our interviews. We have Arvin from Pension Pain Puppets, and then we have uh, James Duffy from PT Isles to talk all things John Tavares and some trades and possibilities for the future. And then uh, we'll come back for like literally a minute, and then we're done with the podcast. So transition. Hey, we're back with our first guest of the day. We have Arvin from Pension Pain Puppets. Arvin. Uh, you've been on the show like this is your third time now. You've been on a memorial, you know, a memorable episode that everyone likes, and now uh, you're on, you're back on for the the John Tavares sleepstakes. You won, yes, you won, yeah. buddy, you did. Oh, I th- I think I was really the key factor here. Uh, you know, I'm not sure what Kyle Dubas did, but I think you know, I think really I should be the one that least fans are thinking. Well, I I want to just correct you real quick because I think number one was Childhood Dreams and number two was you. Oh yeah, yeah, fair enough. <laughs> I, I, like you did, a, you did a lot of the lifting, but I'm going to give it to Childhood Dreams, number one. Yeah. <laughs> I, before before we get into the real um, nuts and bolts here about John Tavares being a Maple Leaf, who liked Episode One of Star Wars enough to buy that figurine? <laughs> it's a na- that's it's, really what I want to get into. It's a Nabu Starfighter. Listen, sometimes your parents give you shitty stuff. You're like, they're like, oh, he'll like Star Wars, but really, what he wanted was a Maple Leaf shit. <laughs> I understand <laughs> I, what happened. Look, now that I have to stand for John Tavares since he's a Leaf, I, I was he was like seven in that photo. You know, seven-year-olds don't have the, the best taste, so I'll give him a pack. I don't know. I was young when episode one came out, and I remember young Greg thinking, this is not good. Well, well not everyone is refined as young Greg. Well, listen, I, I like, I'll, I'll defend Obi-Wan and Ewan McGregor to the death. Darth Maul in concept is a great character, but I'm not getting into this. Let's talk about hockey. <laughs> Um, all right, so your first reaction when you read it, were you expecting Johnny to come over to you guys, or, or uh, when did you realize it was going to happen? You know, so I, I'm kind of a naturally pessimistic person. Welcome so the entire, yeah, the, the, the entire time I was like, oh, he's probably going to stay in New York. And then when it became clear that he wasn't going to stay in New York, I'm like, okay, well, he's probably going to go to San Jose. But the entire time there was like kind of this nagging kind of conceitedly fan feeling, which is, which is like, we have the best offer for him and I, and I i do believe that i do legitimately legitimately believe that the leafs have provided the best combination of 
uh, I guess, fame, childhood dreams, and the chance to win. Yeah, so I, 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 I mean, the Sharks, that's a talented roster too, but that roster does not have the youth that the Leafs yeah, have. Yeah, that's the thing. Like, the, the Sharks would, with Tavares, for sure they would be a contender. But yeah, as you said, they are definitely much further along in their development than the Leafs are. And I mean, it, it should be said, the Leafs last year had a better record than the Sharks. Uh, the Sharks did make it around further, but I think that if the Leafs got to beat up on the Ducks in the first round, they would have won as well. Poor Ducks. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, the, the Sharks for sure had a compelling case, but I, I, I'll stand by the fact that I think the Leafs were the smartest choice for Tavares, and I'm glad he made it. Yeah, I mean, if we're talking sustained winner, the you can make the argument that even with Tavares, they haven't quite opened their window fully yet. Because yeah. they're just so young. Everybody on that roster. Yeah. I mean, and it's still oh. certainly a team with flaws, and we can get into that as well. Yeah. I'm, I mean, one of the things you and I talked about, I mean, it's unbelievable that Tavares is going there. But the, the first big thing is we, we're talking about them being a sustained winner. My first thought, and as soon as the signing happened, I was I – don't, I don't want to say I was the first guy on Twitter pumping the trades up. Can the Leafs afford everybody? Or are we looking at a situation where – one of Mitch Marner and William Nylander are going to have to leave town. The Leafs can afford everyone, uh, but it does require trade-offs. So I guess, so the simplest way to put this, this year is completely fine for the Leafs. Uh, there are essentially no cap issues this year at all. In fact, the Leafs still have a boatload of cap room that were, if they wanted to fire a lot of one-year deals off at the remaining free agents, they could. Or if they wanted to absorb um, another contract and get an asset back for one year, they could the complication arises next year. And at that point, assuming you sign Nylander to something in the neighborhood of six and a half million, assuming you sign Marner for maybe a little north of that, you sign Matthews to the same contract that Tavares has, um, then you start needing to make some moves in order to make the cap uh, work and to fill out the roster. Under kind of mild assumptions of the cap increasing, if it increases by two and a half million or so, uh, then the lease will not really have any major issues in terms of retaining players, but it might or retaining their key players, but it might get hard to, for example, re-sign Jake Gardner. How important is Gardner? Because I think while I everyone is it's we're enamored with everything this team is possibly doing offensively, there's still some holes defensively. Yeah, and I mean for a team that is not incredibly talented on the back end, Gardner is at worst their second best defenseman. Um Gardner had terrible game seven and I think that's soured him in the eyes of many fans, but he is still an incredible player. He scored 50 points last year, and those defensemen don't grow on trees. Losing him would certainly uh, not be ideal, even though he would be, I believe he become, he's a free agent next year, and he's 29 at that point. So you're, you're no longer getting really his super prime years, but it, it would still not be ideal. And the Leafs would be relying on uh, some internal development and maybe some, uh, I guess, undervalued free agents or trade acquisitions to do so. The other option that they have is uh, they could, if they make some trades to get rid of kind of the mediocre contracts that they currently have, and the most obvious one to look at is Nikita Zaitsev, then re-signing Gardner becomes possible. And then they can retain all of kind of their core pieces and also uh, re-sign Jake. Matt Martin, Stone Cold Lock to be tra- traded this offseason? I would think so, yeah. And uh, as as I'm sure you guys have heard, there's there's been rumors from from Larry Brooks that he he has some value, which is <laughs> surprising to me, but I'll take it. 
Yeah, that blows my mind. NHL GMs confuse the ever-loving crap out of me. I don't understand it. Me them. also. I, I don't understand the NHL market. And I, I know I get flamed for that, but I just don't. I don't get it. I get the NBA. I get MLB. I, I get all those things. Actually, football's a little weird, too. But when, when it comes to, like, evaluating player talent in the NHL, when you tell me he has he's value, I'm like, what, how? What, what do you – I don't want the Rangers to – we'll take the salary if you give us something. But I don't want the Rangers to give up anything for Matt Martin. Yeah, I mean, and Martin is – He's a competent fourth-line player, but I think you could get someone with his skill level. There's probably a bunch of free agents who can do similar things to Matt Martin on the ice. By all accounts, he's a phenomenal teammate. But, you know, I, I wouldn't be terribly interested in paying $2.5 million on the cap or giving up an asset for someone who's a very good teammate and not a whole lot else. We did, um, we did it, that already. It, it, it was tenor glass. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and it's just – it's weird. Um I can see Martin having value to some teams, but for sure, if I was a GM, I would not want to pay an asset for him. I would want to receive an asset for him, as you as you said. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Like, Give me a draft pick. Mid- I'll take him. Middle middle tier prospect, second round pick, and we'll be happy to one or the other. I'm not saying both. Yeah, not both. One of mm-hmm. one of those things will gladly just absorb the Matt Martin contract and give you back what, like a a fourth round pick in return. And like, don't worry, we're gonna pick a goalie in the second round anyway. You don't need it. <laughs> so it's not a big deal. Exactly. What, um, Arvin, what was sweeter for you? And I, I think this is our, okay, maybe not which was sweeter. Was the initial reaction to signing Tavares the pinnacle, or was it then seeing the Islanders giving four years and $3 million annually to Leo Komarov somewhere taking you to a next level of ecstasy? Oh, you know what? It, it's especially sweet because uh, it's Lou Lamorello. And I mean, look, I think Lou generally did a pretty good job with the Leafs, but I was never totally comfortable with him as the GM. Um, I think he made some unforced errors. And I also find, and this is me being, I guess, a millennial, I find his rules on like numbers and beards and like hair kind of draconian, kind of like, like get out of here with that. Um, I'm not, not going to argue that one for sure. As a huge Yankee fan, I disagree. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, it inhibits it's, greatness. Inhibits the yeah. wrong word. Uh, whatever. Go on, though. <laughs> yeah, so I... I I honestly have no idea why they are signing that deal. That it makes what is the upside there? What is the upside there? I don't get it. That's that's the other thing that confuses me. If if all of a sudden you lose Tavares and now your goal is to tank, I don't understand how. I don't get me wrong. Leo Komarov will help make you a worse team over the next four years. But if you're tanking, you don't give out four year deals. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Like. And and if the common argument against that is, oh well, Komarov wouldn't have accepted uh, like a one year deal or two year deal. Then, okay, don't sign uh, him. Okay, <laughs> uh, all right, that is fine. <laughs> no big deal. There are many players who can do similar things to Leo Komarov. And I, look, I love Komarov. He is su- such a funny guy, and you know everyone seems to have great stories about him. And he's a character for sure. And you know, Islanders fans will learn to love him as 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 a person, as a player. Most of last season, uh, the Leaf fans' biggest complaint was how much uh, Babcock was overplaying Komarov. He was playing him like a first-line winger. He was getting more minutes at points of the year than Mitch Marner and William Nylander. Yikes. Yeah, I, and I, I, I'm the guy who wrote an entire piece saying a two-year deal for Leo Komarov on the Rangers would be a good fit because, one, you need someone to play fourth-line center, and two, what you just said, he seems to be a good guy in the locker room. I have no idea why any team is giving 31-year-old Leo Komarov four years when it's clear his last two years have gone from bad to worse. Yeah, I mean, that's a deal that 
you know, I, I think there's a better than 50% chance that it gets bought out. Yeah, I, that's the thing. How many, how many of these contracts are the Islanders going to buy out, though? <laughs> that's true. <laughs> they, have, they have Komarov, Boychuk, Sezikis, Scott Mayfield. They have, and they just they paid so Rick DiPietro out. yesterday. <laughs> they have so many guys. I don't, I, don't, I don't know. And then the Islanders go off and just complicate things by signing um, Philpola. Ugh, I, and not only signing Philpola, they gave him a full no trade clause. Yeah, so that, that's weird to me. I mean, and they gave him a one year deal, and I'm like, okay, that makes sense. You know, you can flip him at the deadline, maybe. And then it's a no move. It's like, okay, so I, I mean, I guess it's not that bad because it's a one year deal. They need, they need to sign someone to like, play on the roster. But counterpoint, do they just, <laughs> just promote someone from Bridgeport? Yeah, that's also true. If they can't find a roster through. spot for for Josh Hosang, after all, oh this. my god, I, I've been I've been crowing for someone to save that kid for the last year straight. The problem is he's got no trade value. I don't yeah. know how you, at this point I don't know how you can trade Hosang. Yeah, they, they've kind of done a good job of destroying that. I mean, and like he he bears some blame for that too. His numbers in the AHL are not anything spectacular. Um, but Bridgeport, if I'm Correct me if I'm wrong. They're not also not a very good team. So. Oh, they've been a train wreck. Everything in Bridgeport is a train wreck. Have you ever been to Bridgeport? Don't. I've not. Don't. Yeah, you're not. Okay. You're not about to go to Bridgeport. Yeah, you, you <laughs> don't. I, I would rather be stuck um, with a hundred dollars in my pocket and everybody knowing I have a hundred dollars in my pocket at one o'clock in the morning in Newark than I would at eight a.m. in Bridgeport. Challenge. Wow. <laughs> As someone that grew up 25 minutes away from Bridgeport, I will take that challenge. Okay. No problem. <laughs> All right. I have said no. <laughs> All right. Anyway, you get the point. Um, um, I'm I, guessing you don't miss Lou, Arvin. Is this what we're really getting to? Yeah. I mean, look, again, I think he did a decent job in Toronto. He made two, two, there's three moves that he did here that were, you know, inarguably brilliant. And that was the FNUF trade, uh, the contract he signed Nazem Kadji to, and the contract he signed Morgan Riley to. Um, other than that, say, like, okay, thank you for those. I'm very happy with uh, the early returns of the Dubas era. It's been nice. It's been yeah. very nice. Are you worried about the dreaded restricted free agent contract offer sheet? No, because I mean, I, I, I would if this was the NBA, but NHL GMs are, they simply don't do it. The I mean, rumor it, right now is that the Islanders will be offering sheeting someone on your team. And knowing Lou, he'll offer sheet Freddie Gauthier instead of William Neander. <laughs> um, so I, actually, I, was, I wish we would, we would offer sheet Neander. I really do, but they, it'll I, never happen. Yeah, and here's so with the Islanders offer sheet specifically, the only because of you need to use your own picks for offer sheets. I think the only tier of offer sheet that they could provide or that they could send to Nylander is the one where where they have to give up four firsts. <laughs> so it's like at that point, well, you know what? I I'm perhaps the biggest William Nylander fan on the planet. Give four, me the four picks. Four firsts, though. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That first next year might be Hughes. Exactly. It it literally might. So it's, uh, yeah. I I don't I don't take the offer sheet threat too seriously from the Islanders. From other teams, it's theoretically possible. But if no one offers you to Nikita Kucherov, if no one offers you to Hampus Lindholm, if no one offers you to Johnny Goodrow, I don't think they're going to offer William Nylander. Yeah, yeah that, just, that, that needs to get changed in the new CBA because that's just that's so annoying for me I as think a fan. Just happy keeping the costs down. To be honest, it's like a it's like just a, a quid pro, pro quo. That's what I'm saying. Like, if, if I'm the players, I got to be like, guys, uh, we're getting fucked. Yeah, here. yeah. It, it's it's weird. I mean, you see in the NBA, like teams give offer sheets all the time. Oh all yeah, the time. all the time. Well, there's, the, there's Nets, not a, the Nets did it two it, years ago and for seven million dollars. 
Ryan, correct me if I'm wrong. There's not a penalty for giving an offer sheet in the NBA. That's though, right? correct because well, there's only two rounds of draft picks, so it's not like yeah. yeah. So there there's, isn't there's, a penalty. The, the penalty is all of a sudden a team might be able to match. The penalty like is all of a sudden you play you paid Alan Krebs seventy million dollars. Are you okay? Yeah. <laughs> the the only other penalty is that like I think in the NBA teams have like I don't know let's say forty eight hours to respond. And they will, and you're during that time, your cap space is tied up. You can't make other moves. So if you offshoot someone at the start of free agency, the team just to stick it to you, the team that you offshooted a player of, is going to wait the full 48 hours to match. So your cap space is less useful. That's what Houston did to the Knicks with Jerry Lind. Yeah, honestly, the NBA is so much more, I guess, fun from a GM's from a, a fanalist perspective, where there's so many. The decisions seem to be so much more intricate and there's so many more layers to them. And part of that is because the NBA CBA is ridiculously complex, but it's also that the GMs are just braver. Oh yeah. People will take risks. Cause they, if they, in the NBA, like, you know, you're not winning a title. I mean, there's, there's kind of a rumor when well, not a rumor, but like the parody in the NHL is, isn't really there either. Like the same five, six teams have won in the last, you know, with the caps, yeah. with the caps doing it this year, but you know, it's mostly been the Penguins and the Blackhawks and the Kings. So uh, but the thing is, the, the parody is more in the teams that like get far in the play. Like you can convince yourself if you're an NHL team that hey, we just need to make it to the playoffs. Or we just need to make make it so that we're a top ten team, and then we have a real shot. Oh yeah, I, feel, I do feel that way. Whereas if I'm a, I'm a Knicks fan, or I'm like, or right, well, let's be realistic, I I do root for the Spurs, right? Mm-hmm. Kawhi Leonard, let's say he stays a Spur. There's no way the Spurs win the title. Yeah, no way. Exactly. There's no chance. Like you, the Rockets and the Houston, uh, the Rockets and the Warriors exist. And no matter what my team does, they'll lose. Yeah. And that's it. I'm, I'm a Raps fan. We had our best regular season ever. We were the first seed. Rest in all peace. The, all, yeah, all the statistical indicators said, hey, this is a really good team. And I believe we were a legitimately very good team. We were maybe the fifth, sixth, seventh best team in the league. It's a very strong team. Oh, for sure. We got destroyed in the playoffs. Yeah, you got dad dick player LeBron James. Exactly. We, like, we, got, we got destroyed. Uh, it, that's just – in the NBA, you can't delude yourself into thinking you're a contender. But if you, you in, in the NHL, you could delude yourself NHL. super easy because if you have a hot goaltender, I mean, Brayton Holpe played out of his mind. And, and yeah. that, that was what – that plus some timely goals and nice offense led to the Capitals winning their first serious Stanley Cup. Yeah, yeah I mean, I mean this was, was, there the a, was there a hotter goaltender than Marc-Andre Fleury in the first three rounds of the Absolutely playoffs? Absolutely not. Yeah, for sure not. Um, just to bring it back to Tavares for a second, yeah. Arvin, are you worried at all that the Toronto media – is going to eat Tavares up alive. Good question, Greg. Um, I mean, I'd like to say no. It, it is a possibility. Um, I think if the team is doing well, it won't happen. If the team does badly, there are a lot of easy clicks to be had and a lot of easy stories stories to make about how Tavares isn't living up to the deal or whatever. You know, that's And at some point, he's going to have a 10-game goalless streak and the knives will be out. This will be mitigated if the team is good. And I think the team will be pretty good. You guys are, but, yeah, I believe, that's... third in the favorites to win the Stanley Cup next year? Yeah. And you know what? I actually think that's a little bit high. Like, I, I think, I think the Leafs are kind of like the Cowboys in the NFL in that, like, we, if they're any ever legitimately good, there's always just going to be a, a bunch of money coming in on them to win, even if they don't necessarily deserve it. I, I, I'd say right now we're like the fifth Best team in the league, roughly. Who'd you I have above put, you? Like, so you'd put up you have Nashville, the Sharks. Uh, not not the Sharks. I'd have Nashville. I'd have Tampa. Okay. Uh, probably Winnipeg and maybe Boston. Whoa! <sighs> you, had the, I I think, Boston you think Boston's really good. that good? Uh, yeah, I thought Boston was really, really, really good. I know, I know they lost in the second round, but I thought Boston was really, really good. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And the Leafs took them to seven, but Boston was like the better team at every point in that series. So, I mean, you could put the Leafs up to four. I wouldn't really complain, but I do think there are teams that are better than the Leafs right now still. And that's mostly coming from the defense, something lacking? Yeah. Um, and it's not necessarily like the defensemen specifically, but just the fact that the Leafs as a defensive team, you know, and that includes the forwards and that includes the coaching and the, the tactics. They were, they were a bad defensive team last year. Uh, and there's no two ways about it. So, you know, the, that has to get fixed to some degree. I don't think they have to become the predators. I don't think they have to become, you know, the late 90s devils. But they need to get to the point that they're, I think, around average. And I'm hoping, as, as a fan, I, I'm hoping a lot of it comes down to kind of the tactics that the team employs and Mike Babcock. Um, I think last year, his tactics were a little controversial. Um and especially his deployment of defensemen was was not always ideal. So that could potentially be a cause for it. But yeah, there, there's still a legitimate cause for concern, I think. Uh, one of the biggest problems the Leafs had is that they had so much trouble exiting the zone with control. And especially when the puck was with their right-sided defensemen, who are not very good with the puck, just generally speaking. And Tavares is great, but he's not going to necessarily help too much with that specific problem. Uh, well, and that's not playing still, defense. I mean, exactly, exactly. <laughs> so that I mean, that's a, that's a real problem that that still exists. And the least their their forward depth is perhaps unmatched in the league. But yeah, they they have real flaws. Calvin DeHaan almost makes too much sense for the Leafs. It does, but the only way they can do that, I mean, DeHaan's going to have multi-year offers on the table. So unless he's okay taking a one, the Leafs really can't afford a mo- to give anyone a multi-year deal at this point. Mm. Um, and w- if they want to retain everyone. If they want to retain uh, Neander, Marner, Matthews, and keep Kadri and Riley as well, well, um, let's 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 talk out uh, completely. Hypo- I want to just state for everybody that this is a complete hypothetical. We're not saying this is possible. We're not saying this is likely. It is just two guys talking theoretical trades that could or might work. Yeah. What else on top of Brady Shea would the Rangers have to offer in order to get Neander? Okay, so. Um, so with the caveat that I don't think any trade would happen for Nylander, if I think right. there is a world where we do trade Nylander, by the way, I just think if it happens, it'll happen next year, not this year. Right. Right. Um, so the first thing I asked for from Kyle Dubas, and I know, I know you guys would say no to this, but the first thing I thing I asked for is Philip Hedl. Yeah. It's yeah, a big and, note. Yeah, exactly. I, yeah, I, I figured, I figured. That's a, I wanted, yeah. Yeah. We'll think about it. And we text you, we hang up the phone, we text you. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't think there's any player necessarily on the Rangers that is, quote-unquote, untouchable. Mm-hmm. But if you were to find one to be the closest, I think it's Heedle. Yeah, and I, it, I understand why. I, I really like Heedle. Um, I, I saw the Leafs played the Rangers pretty early into last season, and he was, he was on the roster at that point. His NHL numbers are not good, but he was 18 and kind of clearly out of his depth. But his numbers in Hartford uh, are fairly impressive for someone that young and from what you told me Hartford is not a terribly talented team otherwise oh no um, no, no no yeah so he, he he's someone I'm actually very interested in in general who I would like other than that like so it would have to be so if, if they were to make a, a Nylander Shea swap I think what would have to get added is some high value picks or high value prospects so the other guys who I know of in the Ranger system are Elias Anderson and Vitaly Katsov I think there's a way I, – I think Anderson's pretty close to being untouchable too. Um, 
I think the Rangers, their first offer would probably be uh, Shea Buchnevich, two first rounders, and someone like Sean Day. I think that's the Rangers' first offer. That's honestly not like a terrible offer. Um, yeah, that, that, that's that's not that's not awful, um, especially because Buchnevich is also a right winger, correct? Believe so. so. Yep, and yeah, he, so is, you, he you, should you, be getting top six minutes. Yeah, so you'd replace Nienander with Buchnevich. That's a that's a downgrade, but it's not it's not like Buchnevich just chopped liver. He's a, he's a good player who projects to be kind of a top six guy. That's correct. Um, Shea, I, I think right now is kind of a, a pretty solid second pairing guy who potentially has like low end top pair potential, kind of like Jake Gardner, where I think like on, on a super stacked team, Jake Gardner's on your second pair and killing it, and then like if he's on a, a mediocre team, he's like he's your second best defenseman, or at least on a mediocre defense core, he's like your second best defenseman, which is what the Leafs have. Um, the one complicating thing is Shea is a left-handed D, correct? Uh, yes. Yeah, yes. and that's that's the side where the Leafs are stronger. Um, even if you discount Gardner, they have uh, Travis Dermott, who we would hope can develop into a top four role there, anyways. Um, mm. So, so Shea's an imperfect match in that way, but. Yeah, I mean the the deal you mentioned. If the Leafs do decide to trade Neander, it's not, it's not. That's not an awful deal. That's like that's not a deal I'm happy about. Um, but it's not a deal where I think, oh wow, we just got Hall for Larson. Yeah, I mean, it doesn't really help the Rangers because right now the Rangers' clear biggest problem is defense. Yeah. So trading probably a second line defenseman from a team that has. Uh, only one other second line defenseman and nobody who can play legitimate top pairing minutes right now. Uh, tough sell for the New York Rangers. Yeah. But at the same time, we're talking about William Nylander and that's a, I, he might not be a generational talent, but if there's a, just a small step below that, I think that's where you find Nylander. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm really, 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 really high on Nylander. I, I think he is just, he's absolutely unbelievable. And, I think his his numbers. I mean, his numbers are good. You you look at it as a twenty two year old. He got um, or sorry, twenty one year old. He got uh, sixty one points. It's a very very solid number. But if you're just looking at sixty one points, I, that doesn't scream out incredible. But when you dig deeper, he's someone who gets more and more impressive. Um, the vast vast majority of his points were at even strength. If you look at his uh, points per sixty, they were I think it was around thirtieth or fortieth in the league among forwards. So pretty close to elite by that metric. Mm-hmm. Um, what happened was that his power play unit with him and Austin Matthews didn't click this year. And there's a variety of reasons for that, but that's a much more solvable problem than someone who can't score at even strength. And then you look into like the micro stats that people like Ryan Stimson track with, with the passing project and Nidander grades out, you know, equal and even better than Austin Matthews in many of these categories. And I don't think he's better than Matthews, but I think he is just legitimately so, so talented. Um, he, he really does have top 20 forward in the world potential. I, I, I legitimately think that. And I think, um, I think people underrate him. I think people underrate him specifically with respect to Marner, um, who is also incredible. But Marner is kind of accepted as being pretty much untouchable as a, you know, by Lee fans and by the media here. Whereas Nylander is always kind of the one that our local media tries to trade. Um, and it doesn't make sense to me because they're they're such similar players in terms of the value that they provide. Yeah, so. I'm, I'm, anytime you want to put Neil Ander in a trade rumor, I'm happy to throw you an offer to try and get him. 
<laughs> yeah, he's he's really, really, he's really something. Yeah, I, I, mean, I, would... I just want to be at the table. That's all I'm asking. Like, just, <laughs> just let me be like, please pass that. And then when you say no, it's totally fine. Yeah, and you know what? This is part of why I'm glad Dubas is involved because I, I think the this is one thing I believe about Dubas. He he wouldn't. He's not going to make a a trade to allocate from forwards to defense unless he's getting value for it. So I mean, we saw with the with the Hall for Larson deal, for example, that Edmonton accepted sixty cents on the dollar because they were like, we need to get a defenseman, and like, damn the costs, we need to get a defenseman, and they they lost pretty big on that deal. I think. And I'm sure you guys would agree that that's a big mistake to make, giving up on value just to address a positional need. <laughs> They're still looking for a defenseman, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> and they might trade Clefbaum. Who knows? Oh, please. Please. There's nothing I want more in this world than Clefbaum. All right, Arvin. Well, it looks like you're going to have a great offseason. You know, we'll be over here driving this tank. So if you need, <laughs> if you need us, we're, try, we're going for the number one pick. And if, yeah. uh, I, I think that's really where we're trying to head. You uh, call us up when you, when you really want to trade Matt Martin because he can live on our fourth line any day of the week for your second-round pick. Uh, <laughs> you're going to have to outbid uh, the, the guys who lost out on Ryan Reeves, unfortunately. <laughs> we're, we're the guys who lost out on Ryan Reeves. <laughs> well, the guys who lost out on Ryan Reeves and are willing to give us like a fifth-rounder or something. Yeah. I well, still can't, if that happens, you'll – so when that signing happened back in like in 2016 or whatever, um, I wrote a piece that was that was titled "Yes, the Matt Martin contract is stupid," and that got that got the most hate out of any piece I've ever written ever. Um, I I had like people on Reddit just like flamed me for it, and I largely stand by everything I said there. But one thing I did say is I'm not sure the Leafs will be able to get out of this deal very easily if it does go south. Now, the deal has gone south, and that Martin's quite clearly not one of the Leafs' eight best wingers. But it looks like they're going to be able to get out of it pretty easily, so I was wrong on that. Well, yeah, of course, he's got value. We, we, we <laughs> talked about this already, Arvin. Jesus. Yes. <laughs> what, what a world the NHL offseason is. It is. It's a fascinating ride. And I guess the last note we'll end on with you, Arvin. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, you're not concerned at all about losing Tyler Bozak, but why were you and I two of the people freaking out about Riley Nash apparently getting underpaid. Yeah, it, it's weird to me because I mean, you, you you with free agency you always see guys kind of get paid beyond their their value and paid for kind of an anomalous year. And I think as a Leafs fan, David Clarkson's kind of burned into my memory as an example of that, right? Where he had one thirty goal year, um, and the Leafs kind of paid him for that thirty goal year that happened in the past. And it's weird because Nash had Nash had a really really nice year. With Boston, he was on a good team. He's defensively responsible. He he's not the type of guy who you would think gets undervalued. But yeah, the, the deal he got with Columbus was was really nice, and I I prefer it to the Bozak deal. Bozak is kind of an interesting player in that I think he's he's he has a lot of value in that most third line centers cannot put up, you know, forty five fifty points. But you need to use him in a very particular way. You need to shelter him like crazy because he's so bad defensively. Yeah, I don't think it's a knock to say Riley Nash was every bit as good as Bozak last year. Like, I don't think that's a slight to no. Bozak at all. The difference is, to me, Bozak's entering his age 33 season and Riley Nash is still 29. Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah, I, I don't quite get it. But I, I guess I guess points always sell. And maybe, I, I think Nash had the opportunity to play a bit higher up this year, right? Because of injuries to, to Bergeron. So mm-hmm. I guess maybe people just discounted his points as being a function of like, if you got to play with Pasternak or Marchand. Oh, man, look at that. We gave a guy an opportunity. He overperformed, and we're going to blame it on him, actually. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's, 
it's weird. I, I'm, I, I really, I really don't know. Nash is much more versatile too. Like, yeah, I, I, I like Bozak. I'm happy he got paid. I'm just happy. I'm also happy that we weren't the ones paying him. Yeah, probably a good idea. Arvin, before you go, plug your stuff. All right, so you can follow me on Twitter at Arvi, A-R-V-I. You can uh, listen what, to... Hold on. That, what a great username on Twitter. That's it? Yeah, I didn't realize it was uh, that yeah, short. Yeah, you know what? <laughs> so um, my brother actually got that for me as a birthday present once. So it's a very nice birthday present. Wow, that's <laughs> I awesome. I didn't originally have that. Great he job. Had to, yeah, he had to convince... The guy who was uh, squatting on it to give it up. <laughs> Fuck squatters. <laughs> yeah. Um, so you can listen to my least podcast with another writer from pensionpanpuppets.com. It's called Back to Excited. And you can find all my writing at pensionpanpuppets.com. If you ever need some ranger takes, and I don't know why you would, hit us up. <laughs> we'll do. We'll talk to you soon, buddy. Later. Thank you. And we have James Duffy from PT Isles. James, you've been on the show a bunch of times. You're a, our local Islander fan expert. You know, what's it like feeling pain and suffering? Yeah, I think this is my third time. So now it's a serial offense that I've been on this podcast too much. Um, pain and suffering is really great. Uh, I, I love it a lot. It's it's one of my favorite moods now. So I'm all in on pain and suffering. It, it helps the brand, I think. It, it feels good on the whole and as a whole. And let me tell you, right now we were just talking right before the podcast that Eric Carlson could be signing at any moment for an 8 times 11 deal. Uh, eight, that, for everyone that doesn't understand math, that's 8 years, 11 million uh, each year. Mm-hmm. And it could be the Rangers, it could be the Islanders, but let's say it's probably most likely the Vegas Knights, right? Yeah, I mean, so we know that the Islanders and Rangers, as well as probably at least eight other teams, are in on Eric Carlson right now, quote-unquote in, and the Sens are giving teams permission to talk to him about a potential extension should they acquire him. So it's looking more and more like Eric Carlson's going to get traded in the coming days and potentially in the coming minutes as we as we keep recording, but... If any team's going to do it, it's going to be Vegas. Allegedly, you know, Vegas has been in on Carlson the entire time. There was talks they were in on Tavares. They want to make a big splash and, and land a player like Carlson that puts them from best expansion team of all time to best team in the league. I feel like you've been with us for less than five minutes, and I haven't uttered the name John Tavares yet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Talk, um, talk, talk me through your day. Let, let's, let's, let's go through that day for you. How? How did it start? I know how it ended, but let's, yeah. let, let's go through the, the run of emotions here. So, it, okay, Sunday, July 1st, right? Worst day of my life, probably. Um, I, I kind of came to peace. I came to terms with God around midnight the night before that, all right, the, the deadline has passed. Tavares did not sign eight years with the Islanders. He's pretty much gone. But still, I woke up for the third day in a row that week where people were expecting a Tavares decision, and there was not one early in the morning. Um, I figured it was gone. I cranked up the meme factory and got it ready for him to be gone. So that was uh, locked and loaded when he finally did leave. But holy shit, it still hurt. I was prepared all year and it still fucking hurt. And the fact that he went on to not only, so first of all, right, Mm. he goes radio silence for the entire week. We hear nothing. The entire, like the entire free agency period, period. Absolutely silence from everybody involved, which I've never seen before in a situation like this. And then we get finally some of the reports that it's down to the Leafs and the Islanders, whatever, but teams haven't been notified yet. We find out Sunday morning, it's the Leafs and it's not the Islanders and the entire franchise is sunk. And then John Tavares himself tweets his screenshots from his notes app, thanking the fans and immediately tweets a picture of himself in Leafs full stuff as a kid and says, not every day you get to live your childhood dream. 
He murdered the New York Islanders and danced on their grave within 15 minutes. The best part about it is I think he has no idea that he did that. I, like, I know. Like, I know. He thinks he it's did crazy. absolutely nothing wrong. Like, thanks, guys. Like, he, he couldn't wait. He tweeted it. No joke. I think I saw the tweet, and it was two minutes later. And when, and this is the best part, Duffy. I was on his Twitter. It said, uh, it, it, it was him and the Leafs thing, and his Twitter bio said, hockey player for the New York Islanders. Yep. And, and I was then, like, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah. And then pretty quickly after that, if you uh, swiped up and refle- refreshed, it would have said hockey player for the Toronto Maple Leafs, which is Two minutes the later. worst sentence I can imagine. Yes. Now, Duffs, I got I to gotta ask a difficult question. And mm-hmm. uh, I, I do this from a place of love. Yep. I, I, have, I have nothing but admiration for you as a human being. This is Garth Snow's fault, right? It's Garth Snow's fault. It is Scott Malkin's fault, and it's John Tavares's fault. That's that's the that's the order I'm going to put that in. Um, I think the owners need a lot of blame here, but at the end of the day, from kind of what I'm piecing together from a lot of different people and a lot of different reports, is that John Tavares straight up fucked the Islanders. They had every reason to think that he was coming back until the moment that he decided not to, and that is egregious. So Snow obviously should have built a winner. For a long time ahead of this, we didn't get to this point. The owners should have fired Snow way earlier. So, again, that we didn't get to this point. But what it looks like is Tavares was just kind of straight up misleading people until the moment he left. Here's here's my thing. Um, The day you don't get a hard commitment from him last summer, you shop him. Absolutely. And and on the trade deadline, you put a contract in front of him and say – Eight years, eighty-eight million, sign or leave, and you trade him then if he doesn't sign. It really yeah. is that simple, but it's a it's clearly, a tough pill, it's a tough pill to swallow. We're talking right. about not just not just a star player, but the clear face of the franchise, your captain, Absolutely. the basically one of the if not the only reason to root for the Islanders over the last eight years or so. Mm-hmm. I if he doesn't sign the contract and he says he wants to weigh all his options, to me that's him saying he's leaving, and you have to get rid of him. Yeah, and again, we don't know all the internal conversations and what kind of confidence might have been inspired behind closed doors, but also the rumors have come out that Tavares reportedly asked not to be traded at the deadline, which still, it's not his call to make. It's the owners and the general manager that should be saying, well, whatever, John, if you're not resigning, you have to go. But again, I think there was a greater sense than we've been getting that the Islanders were pretty sure he was coming back. And then he didn't. So a lot of the moves they made were kind of on that assumption that ended up being wrong and they were misled. Well, the good, the, the good news is that you didn't trade for Pacioretty when you probably right. could have. And then you wouldn't have gotten Wallstrom or Dobson, which was a great draft for you. But, uh, but also the bad news is that maybe that Pacioretty thing would have enticed John Tavares to stay. Now, I doubt it. I, right. I, I really think he was set on Toronto. I don't, I don't think there was... What's that? Once he tweeted that picture of him, his childhood dream picture, I was like, oh, this guy's known the whole yeah. time. I mean, he had been waiting to drop that picture the second that he signed. Yeah, he's known the whole time. So, I mean, maybe you consider the Sharks and the Islanders, because those are the two teams I, I believe he really truly considered. But at the end of the day, like, he was like, I could play in my childhood dreams with my family nearby yeah, right. in a stadium that really cares about hockey, or I could play in Brooklyn and then go to Belmont and play in front of, like, some people that come out every night. Like, you could get Islander tickets for, like, season tickets for, like, $2,000. It's yeah. it's insane. So I, I mean, I I can't go to a like two, I can't go to four Ranger games for thousand dollars. It's it's fucking yeah. mind blowing. I mean, I mean, take Islanders tickets are going to be like eight bucks this year, which is absolutely dope. But like you said, which I is think, like four dollars I mean, less than last year. 
Exactly. It's going to be great. Yeah. I mean, he's been, he, all he's been saying since the moment he signed there was, this was my childhood dream, which he might as well have just said, all I've ever wanted was to be a Toronto Maple Leaf and I didn't want to be an Islander. Because it's not like he suddenly one day at 27 years old walked into that meeting with Kyle Dubas and said, oh, I wanted this when I was a child and now I finally want it again. He always wanted this. And, and the moment that it was in his sights and not just a pipe dream, he was looking for every excuse to be able to get there and do it. And I, I can't blame him, to be honest with you. Oh, yeah. And, I, and I'm not I saying that like as an Islander hater, and I am. Um, but I just got like at this point, like Garth Snow, you guys, you guys just didn't put anything around him. You, like, you tried, but man, there was just like you guys were never even like a serious contender during his period there. And I, if I'm if I'm John Tavares, like why wouldn't I want to go and play in front of crazed, insane hockey fans and take the shit all day long? Yeah. Yeah. How many how many fourth liners are you guys going to sign this offseason? I'm yeah, just they're, they're 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 bulking up on the bottom six. I'm just seeing the news about Tom Kunakel. What? I I'm convinced Lou Lamarillo has never heard of Corsi before. He has actually signed three historically bad possession players. Um they're all maybe decent penalty killers from what I'm gathering. I haven't obviously seen a ton of them, but uh wow, Valtteri Filippula, Leo Komarov, and Tom Kuhnhockel so far is our answer to John Tavares walking out the door. Maybe it's on purpose. Maybe he's tanking on purpose. Lou Savvy like that. And you don't give four-year contracts to players that are part of a tank. Every, so. every time I convince myself they're tanking, I go, wait, but he gave Komarov four fucking years. Here's, here's uh, almost as important a question as everything that transpired with Tavares. Uh, you and just about every other Islander fan – Cloud nine, the day Lou Lamorello signed and the day Garth mm-hmm. stepped down. Uh, how where are you now? What how do how do you feel now about Lou? Do, do clouds still come with numbers when you're not on cloud nine? Because this is like cloud negative forty seven, I think you could say. If you guys you had a like, great week last week. It was like, yeah, we got Walls from Adopts and we got top ten talents. Oh, Our awesome. draft was insane. Are you kidding me? It and was now great. and now it's really good that your draft was insane because welcome to Rebuild Town. You're driving the tank with us. Yeah, it's, it's going to be fun, and I can't wait till you guys' rebuild goes way better because I think the Islanders are cursed. And I don't want to say this because it's, it's July 2nd. There's a lot to come, and any minute now, Eric Carlson will be a New York Islander. But it is possible that 75-year-old Lou Lamarillo, who has not won anything of worth in 15 years, has lost a step or two in how to run a team in the modern NHL. How angry are you going to be? Is it going to be mixed that you're going to get Carlson but have to trade both Dobson and Wallstrom? Uh, we're going to eat the Bobby Ryan contract because we ended up not giving $13 million to that dumb idiot who works with Pat Brisson, so we can actually afford both of them. <laughs> yeah, but you are giving Kovarov $3 million a year. Ah! Uh, and we're giving Clutterbuck $3 million and Zeke is $3 million, uh, but at least our fourth line is not making $11 million this year. How many players are the Islanders buying out after the lockout? Six? Uh, I would say however many to legalize them to. All of them? Can, is that possible? <laughs> it's it's look, Komarov, Sezikis, Clutterbuck, Mayfield. Those feel like hey, slam dunks to me. Mayfield and Pellick are at least not making any money, but they're signed for five years. Oh, my I God. I mean, they also, just gave, they also just gave Thomas Hickey a four-year deal. The Islanders, no matter who's in charge, seem to love locking up bottom pair defensemen because it's not like that's the most flexible position in hockey where you can scoop up anybody to fill that role. No, you can't. Because we scooped up Steve Camper and it didn't work. So yeah, but you oh, guys have had some scoops in the past that worked out pretty well. Uh, not recently, but yeah. 
I mean, we had like yeah. Adam Clodetting, Steve Camper. Didn't really, you know, do Neil much. Pionk. Kevin, Kevin Klein worked for the first couple of years. I've heard, I have heard some whispers that Neil Pionk is better than Bobby Orr, so. Well, yeah, yeah. So, so you've been on Twitter. Yeah, and I, I follow that guy at FitzGSN underscore. He's a piece of shit. I don't know if you've ever heard yeah, of him. Yeah, he's, he's, uh, he might hey, be fake as you, well. You know what's the crazy part? I was about to say that. It's like, no one knows what he looks like. <laughs> I don't think he, I think he's another burner account. He, he's Woj, Woj's burner. Yeah, that's exactly what he is. Yeah. It's, it's insane. I, I love it. this. I, I cannot think or compare the Islanders last 48 hours to any other sports franchise in the, in the history oh, of I sports. Can, I can. It's the first time LeBron left. It's the first time LeBron left, and maybe it's when KD left Oklahoma City. But the first time LeBron left, they still had draft picks, right? That's true. Yeah, uh, I mean – it's also it's also such a different sport, right? Because like obviously the Cavs were gonna have the first overall pick the next year, and that was Kyrie, right? Like it, it, it's way different. Yeah, because, obviously because it wasn't rigged. Got it. Right, right. Not like it's rigged or anything. <laughs> yeah, but, definitely I mean, not rigged. Definitely not rigged. This is a move that unless something drastic happens, sets them back five years, no question. Whereas in the NBA, like one player can turn you back into a playoff team. So then, quickly. so then here's my counterpoint, Duff. Like if he did end up staying, like what was your play for contention? There is there there is such a path for contention if John Tavares stays on this team. It it because I think when you look at him leaving, you have to look at so much of what that actually means. It's not just losing your first line center, who is also your leading goals your leading goals or your leading scorer overall tie with Barzal last year. You are then having to move Barzal to the top line, losing your second line center. Your second line center becomes Brock Nelson. You lose the, the, the kind of productivity you're going to get from Anders Lee and Josh Bailey if they're surrounded by John Tavares. Your, your entire offense gets dramatically worse just from that alone. And you don't consider the fact that he also plays power play. He kills penalties. I mean, there's so much that they lost when they lost him that that alone takes them from a wild card contender to a bottom five team. And that wild card contender with John Tavares was two moves away from actually threatening a weak Metro, I think. The Islanders still would have had north of $15 million to spend in free agency, right? Yep. yep. Could have – I don't know if you find a goalie on the free agent market, but there are goalies you could find in trade. Yeah. I mean, Ryan I, Leonard's still out there. They've had some struggles. I mean, a lot of goalies are already off the board. And I wonder, too – I don't mean to cut you off, but I wonder if Tavares resigns, let's say, last Friday, does Carter Hutton turn down more money from the Islanders to go to Buffalo? That changes things. That that That's a point as well. Um I I'm not gonna lie. I I, I mean in hindsight's twenty twenty, right? We're happy with Wallstrom and Dobson as the two mm-hmm. first round picks. I don't know why you don't pull the trigger on a Patrietti trade. I don't get it. Yeah, I I mean Lou it's something that kind of I've always known and now I'm really seeing it with, with my team. It's he's kind of a very strong line in the sand guy, and I think a line he drew in the sand was I'm not trading these first round picks when these guys are on the board. Um, he, you know, he, he told the Caps he wouldn't trade a first for Grubauer, and I bet when it got to 11 and Wallstrom and Dobson were there, he said, nope, deal's off. I'm not doing it because I'm taking these guys instead. And that was something that, you know, line in the sand that he drew for himself and he wasn't going to go back on. There have to be positives with the Islanders still, right? Barzal is still there. Uh, until, until he leaves for the expansion Seattle team to go back home. <laughs> uh, outside of Barzal – and the two kids, what are, you, what are you looking forward to? Is Josh Hosang going to be set free finally? Uh, I mean, if there's anybody that's going to be a harder ass than Garth Snow, it's Lou Lamarillo. So 
there's there's a good chance that he kind of still gets the short end of the stick. But also maybe he gets finally disciplined properly and becomes a real NHL player. We'll see about that. Um, I, I think Ryan Pollock's going to have a great season, finally getting consistent top four minutes for a full year, even on what shapes up to be a bad defense. But uh, I, I think the Islanders ge- genuinely believe, and I do as well, that Barry Trotz alone can take the same defense they had last year and make it 50% better. Um, I don't even think that's going to be a question. So that alone is exciting, even if they don't end up making moves on defense, just seeing what they really have with a good coach. And then I like Anthony Beauvillier a lot, but I think his production is going to decrease without Barzal on his his center, um, if that ends up being the way it plays out. But there isn't a ton to love about the Islanders right now. I look really. I for one truly look forward to our Rangers Islanders meetup this year, where we can go uh-huh. ahead and cry together. Yeah, it's good. we're both going to be what like twenty and thirty five that generous. late in the season, so That's it's going to be. Yeah, I mean, I think I paid the Islanders at twenty five wins yesterday, so I, I might have to down or upgrade that depending on the next few days. Oof. Yeah, I I was doing the math last night, um, trying to think of just how bad the Rangers are, mm-hmm. and. That defense is going to be an abomination. I it, as even if everyone improves, they still have maybe four NHL defensemen, and none mm-hmm. of them should be on a top line pairing right now. Um, I the the Rangers' problem is they want to tank, but their forwards are too good, and they have a guy named Henrik Lundqvist. So at the end of the day, best case scenario, the Rangers are probably the seventh worst team in the NHL. The Islanders have a legitimate claim to one of the top three spots being the worst team in the NHL. Hold on, wait. Just so we're on the same page, am I supposed to pity the Rangers because they're too good to be the worst team in hockey? Yes. Yes. Absolutely. Okay, I just, wanted, I just wanted to make sure. Yeah. I just yeah. wanted to make we're sure. trying awesome. to take, and we can't do it. Can't awesome. Do it. Yeah, have- it's, it must be so hard being being a Rangers fan. It, it must be so hard. It's tough. It's tough. It's it tough. really is. It's tough for it's us. It's tough. We have some real assholes we have to deal with on the Twitter sphere too. Yeah, oh, oh I, I know, <laughs> I know. Hey, hey, I, I, I've seen them all. But the good news is, is that your guys' biggest asshole doesn't like Slava Boynov, but the Islanders' Twitter biggest asshole loves Slava Boynov. Wow, that's so a problem. You guys get another uh, another one up on for the Rangers on that one. Uh, well, we do win them all, I guess. All right, well, James, <laughs> th- must th- be. Thanks for coming on, bud. We'll see you soon. Absolutely, guys. Have a good one. Later, buddy. And we're back. Oh, no warning on that one. No, no. You're, I was being disloyal to you. Uh. <laughs> That's right. See what I did there? Very nice. Very nice. We're, hey, we were, um, the option was out there for a third guest today. He just didn't want to come on. Hey, listen, we invited a third guest on. He didn't want to come on. I get it. Like, no. sometimes, you don't, sometimes you don't want to talk. You take, we're just taking it too seriously, man. Well, yeah. We're just, you're just, hey, man. Listen, you want to debate? Because I'll debate. As long as you keep it civil. But also, I'm not going to keep it civil. <laughs> No, it's fucking ridiculous. You don't think if you think I'm not going to keep it civil, let's talk about the forum because okay. this is how this all started. Okay, yeah. So, uh, if you listen to the ad part of this podcast, which you probably skipped, and I don't blame you, uh, I talked about how we're going to have a forum, which is going to be us bantering the blue shirts and the Garden Faithful podcast, a live show in New York City on August 25th at a place to be decided for a price to be decided, uh, and the price will be relatively low. We're talking like twenty bucks here. We're, uh, we're, I, I, I'm comfortable saying we're talking exactly 20 bucks, and that 20 bucks will come with a beverage that is included. 20 in bucks and a beer in the forum, and what's going to happen is uh, we're going to have all three of the major podcasts that I, I we feel are the major podcasts in the Rangers community, and there's some others, of course. 
but at this particular event, it will be the, us three, and we will be discussing all things Rangers on uh, for the upcoming year. It'll be a great time. You'll be able to ask questions. We'll have a bunch of different uh, topics we'll go over. And it, for people who cannot come, we're going to try and record it or stream it or something. But at this point in time, I have literally no promises because there's actually still a lot I have to figure out with Greg off air. There's only one way to guarantee being a part of this forum, and that's by coming. And we will have plenty more information on it coming up in the coming days. I am just dotting T's and crossing I's on the location. It will be in New York City. Um, I feel confident to say I will be able to tell everybody where it is on next week's podcast. But, uh, yeah, no, we, we announced it today. I'm very excited for it. Ryan been, and I – Been in the works for a while. We've been we've been thinking about it for a long time. We're putting our thoughts into action. It's going to be a lot of fun. We're doing it with people that we one have relationships with, and we have relationships, obviously great relationships with Woj and Fitz over at Garden Faithful. They've been on here, we've been on there. It's a good tit for tat, literally, figuratively. Um, Joe and Mike have done things for blue shirt bantering the blue shirts that I think have made us better podcasters. But for people thinking, and there are a few, thinking that the six of us are going to agree on everything, oh, you don't. You're very much wrong. How, Ryan, we've, we've called Joe out by name on this podcast I, multiple we, times. We called Joe out and we were at the draft and we were just subtweeting Joe. <laughs> yeah, we, we don't agree on a lot of things with Joe. The no. difference is we disagree. It's not like I want to kill the guy. I'm not about here to murder Joe. We're talking hockey. I don't care. We're talking hockey. We're talking Rangers hockey. We have different ideas about this team moving forward. And Joe is very set in his ways. We are very set in our ways. And that creates a clash. If people are thinking that the six of us are going to get on the stage and just fluff each other, you don't understand us. And you also don't understand the history the six of us have with each other. And also, if you don't want to watch six men fluff each other, are you even paying? Like, come on. And it's it's also – we should also mention that we have a moderator for this event who – um, Ethan Levy with Gotham Sports Network. He is specifically not a Ranger fan so that he can ask questions that aren't going to be easy to answer. I didn't want a Ranger fan moderating this. I want I wanted an outsider to really pry us for information. I get not informed information. No, but information. But just our opinions on shit. Nonetheless. Yeah, so- and I will say this because there is obviously a massive fucking Twitter fight today that was – at a just inconvenient time for me, uh, I, and I think everybody. I was at work, but I smiled. I I, I was getting my swell on. No big deal. Yeah, no big uh, deal. I was sweaty a little bit. I was getting um, a buff. Here's the thing. We didn't Greg invite Blue Underground to this. Oh, wow. We're going over this? Yeah, I'm going fucking over this. Okay. Why, why avoid the elephant in the room? That, uh, we've never done that. Why would we start now? No, we. the guys were like... How come you didn't invite Blue Shirt Underground? And I was like, We don't have a we, relationship with them. We didn't I don't even, know them. We did not forget. From... We I promise we did not forget you. We didn't even think about you. Yeah. <laughs> and you could take that any way you want. I don't know Blue Shirt Underground from a fucking hole in the ground. I don't know anything about them. I know what people have told us about them, and it has not been very rosy, but I've never listened. I've never interacted. I don't know shit about what those guys do. Yeah. I interact and... with Joe, Woj, and Fitz every day of my life. And here's the thing. It is a two-way street, right? At some point, you or I could have reached out to Blue Shirts Underground to kind of figure out what they're all about. But they never really presented us a reason to do it. And for whatever reason, 
they feel like we've never presented them a reason to reach out to us. Well, no, it's because that's uh, look, Greg. I think it's simple. You're a fucking snowflake, and I think you need to get over it. That's fine. Whatever. Yeah, so. uh, give me twenty dollars to own the libs. I really don't care. But the point is, you can't be. What is stopping them from doing one? I don't know. Tell us, like, host your own. No, We're not you mad. Know, Unless, the, you know who's dude. not going? Anyone I know. Like we're not gonna we're not gonna be like go over and be like you know it would be super funny if we fucked with. Them. No, no. Host, do it on the same night. Do it on a bar across the street. For yeah, all do it at the shit. same bar. I don't care. Well, maybe not at the yeah, same. I'm bar. Do that. Maybe do that. Mama Kaplan's gonna be at this. Oh yeah, my, gets, ma- my mom out. might be there too. So yeah, Ma- Mama Caps gets rowdy if she has a little Chardonnay in her, and uh, <laughs> you don't want to know. I do. Um, actually. Yeah. Well. Okay. okay. Well, you're gonna meet her. It's fine. Oh, that's true. Yeah, guys. If you're butthurt about it, I'm sorry. It sucks for you. I don't know what to tell you. Yeah. I'm sorry that you didn't get picked in the dodgeball game. I don't know you. This isn't gym class. It's not my responsibility to pick you. Fair being fair, you know who else is not involved in this? Blue Seat Blogs. They reached out to me today. Dave Shapiro and uh, his crew, they do phenomenal work. The problem is I didn't know they had a podcast. Uh, That's not me being ignorant. Honestly, I didn't know either. I didn't know. And and, 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 that's, and that's actually my, bad for me, Greg, because guess who does a lot of research on that stuff? You do. It's me. Yeah, <laughs> I do I, a lot. And you know what? You know what? Pat with Blue Seeds Blog reached out to me directly, asked if it's something he can be a part of. And I straight up told him, I'm sorry. I didn't know you had one. We're going to be – this isn't the only one we're ever doing. Yeah, I'm sure we're we'll going do something. to do more. Guess what? We're going to continue to do our show and probably do more events. Surprise. Yeah. Yeah. And if, if Blue Seeds Blogs wants to be a part of it, those are guys – I've been reading for quite a while. I respect all of them. I I don't know if Shapiro likes me. There there are guys with <laughs> uh, banter. Probably who, not. I don't think Adam Herman likes me. Um, and that didn't we, stop me from inviting banter onto this well, Adam, adventure. Adam Herman definitely doesn't like us. I, think I don't think he does. That's, and you know what? Uh, that's fine. Right. What? Fucking fine. I don't have to be liked by everybody in this world. No. I don't want to be liked by everybody in this world. No, I definitely a lot don't. of shit people in this world that I don't want them to like me. Greg, I want them to hate me. I have bad news for you. Oh boy! This was supposed to be a minute, and it's, it's longer than and a minute. it's seven, and I am yeah, melting. I'm not, I'm not done. Suck it up. Okay. Uh, I'm my only point is, about that, I mean, sucking the water off my skin. My only point is, I'm sorry if you're hurt. Um, I don't consider Blue Shirt Underground the godfather of Rangers podcasting because if you've ever listened to this podcast, I don't know how many times we've told you yeah, we, the whole reason we started doing this. We literally was started because we didn't you were find terrible. a podcast we liked. Yeah, you were terrible, so we started. So there you go. There you go. Like we've been perfectly clear about that the entire time. So longevity doesn't mean anything to me. If you want to have your own event and don't invite us, go for it, man. Wow. Charge. charge no, Greg, they can't. They can't do that because if they were to have an event and not invite us, they wouldn't have true opposing views. Which would be, uh, interesting, which would, interesting, interesting. which would be beneficial for anyone attending, and at th- and at that point, you know, but I and I hope this goes well for you to each their own. But you're mm-hmm. not doing a service to true Ranger fans, Greg. Wow, you want a spoiler alert? Yeah, you know who disagreed with me on my D'Angelo deserves a spot guaranteed in the Ranger lineup? Who's that? Joe Fortunato. Are you kidding? Joe, Joe disagreed with you. Joe, Joe disagreed with me. Huh. If only I was doing an event with him where he could disagree with me in person. So, Greg, I have news. Like, it doesn't maybe not seem like it. I disagree with you sometimes. What? I know. I know. I, can't be. I know. We what actually argue a lot. What is, it? what is it? Play music or something? It does. It's a flute. Uh, follow us on Twitter at Bullshit Break. You can read our timeline from the last two days. It's been pretty wonderful. Have a great time doing that. 
And uh, Instagram, Blue Church Breakaway, we rarely do that, but it's also there. And you know what? Look out for a lot of stuff coming up, including live shows and some videos coming over the summer. And we'll talk to you guys soon. Love y'all. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.